Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from your iOS device. You will be notified every time I go live. You can jump on and chat with me, and you may even be featured on Locked on Tigers. up everybody welcome into locked on tigers i'm your host chris castellani it is friday may 7th 2021 thank you very much for tuning in today and we got a wild game to talk about that went down yesterday at fenway park tigers lost again 12 to 9 score snapping their uh, elusive one game winning streak one of the craziest games of the year probably might end up being the craziest game of the year 30 total hits combined uh, and not a lot of power either there were no home runs hit in this game we were talking doubles and besides that station to station you had a lot of errors a lot of bad pitching a lot of solid hitting as well and we're gonna we're gonna discuss all that on today's show and it felt like forever ago uh, and maybe it was Spencer Turnbull started this game three innings pitch seven hits four runs only two of them earned zero walks and three strikeouts zero walks make it seem like his command was good but it wasn't Uh, I think the the hits that he gave up uh, were a a product of him getting behind in too many counts so I did not think his command was particularly good he's got to be so much better he's got to be so much better this is going to be the year where we're going to decide what kind of pitcher uh, Spencer Turnbull is, and I, I was I was pretty angry at him in my post game video yesterday, and I, I don't take it back because I, I, to me he's one of the guys on this team that you look at and say, all right, there's a ceiling there. Can he reach it? You know, the same way that I, I feel about Mize and and Scooball, all these guys have really high ceilings. I feel the same way about Turnbull. Spencer Turnbull's not a bad pitcher. Spencer Turnbull has pitched good baseball here in the past. We know about his stuff. We know what his ceiling is. We know what his potential is. But to me, he's in year three now. And it's it's his third full year at the major league level. They had a cup of coffee in 2018, but I don't really count that. Third full season. This is the year where he's got to show it. And if not, then I think he's probably just destined to be an inconsistent, mediocre pitcher for the rest of his career. Which there's worse things to end up as. But I feel like he can be better than that. And you saw him. He was frustrated uh, yesterday with how he pitched. Now, the defense didn't do him any favors. Like I said, only two of those runs were earned. But uh, it was one of those outings where I really wanted to see him go deep into a game because you had a team that that's bullpen was completely shot and that showed that reared its ugly head again yesterday the bullpen was totally awful and you I mean you had to bring in your starter from the previous night to save a game for you the next day like there's no there's no sign that a team's bullpen is completely donezo 
than that. I mean, there's no better sign than that. So uh, I-, I wanted to see him go out there and give him five, six innings. Then maybe you could turn it over to Soto or Garcia or, or-, or Cisnero. But he only gave him three innings. And then you you go to Alexander, Farmer, Funkhauser, Lang, and Soto. I'm going to talk about all of those performances here in just a second. But yeah, a disappointing outing, in my opinion, from Spencer Turnbull. I do have to give credit where credit is due to a part of this team that I have ripped to shreds and will again at some point very soon because I don't think they're very good, but I give the offense a lot of credit for how they performed in this series against Boston. They were not nearly as anemic. I thought the at-bats were better. Nathan Avaldi's got electric stuff and the Tigers lit him up. I mean, he only went four in a third inning, seven hits, six earned runs. You know, it was not the offense that was the problem. And it makes this game and this series all the more disappointing that your weakest unit, I mean, it's between the bullpen and the offense, are in, are in a neck-and-neck neck race right now to decide who's worse, but the offense came alive. It was just the pitching that couldn't hold up. Another three-hit game for Jamer Candelario. He's now batting just below 300 at 298, and the OPS is up to 769. He's the best hitter on this team. He's the most consistent hitter on this team. He was last year. I think that will probably stay that way for the remainder of the season. Jamer looks really, really good. Now, it needs to be said, and I know I just uh, praised the offense for how they performed in this series, but the fact that your best hitter in a, in a lineup of nine guys has a, has a 769 OPS is is pretty sad, but I'm not putting that on Jamer. Jamer's performed well. It's also worth noting that Miguel Cabrera was not in the lineup yesterday. Smart decision. He's in the midst of an 0 for 27 skid, so AJ decided to give him a day off and the offense flourished. Look, we're going to have this conversation at some point. I I saw some people on Twitter talking about it now that Pujols got released by the Angels. Look, the, the Tigers are never going to release Miguel Cabrera, nor should they. Uh, There will come a point in this season in which I will talk about uh, what they could potentially do with him because batting him third consistently isn't working and it hasn't worked for a while. This is a guy who's been replacement level or below for about three or four years and he looks substantially worse this season than he did a year ago, quite frankly. It's it's very disappointing. We're going to talk about that at some point, but he got the day off yesterday, and it was a wild game, so I'm going to talk about other things, but it's been very disappointing watching Miguel Cabrera deteriorate over these last several seasons. Bullpen got absolutely rocked again, with one exception. Kyle Funkhauser, who was called up yesterday following an injury, went two innings, uh, gave up one run, but it was unearned, wasn't his fault. His stuff looks fine. I mean, how long has Kyle Funkhauser been in this system? This is going to be kind of his last stand. I mean, if he doesn't perform or show up here, uh, then he's not going to be a major league pitcher. I have my doubts. He's got a nice fastball. I mean, he's got a fastball in the upper 90s. It plays. It plays fine. I think that his stuff really isn't the issue, but consistency and development of his off-speed stuff is where he needs work, and just in general, consistency. I mean, that's what he struggled with, even going back to the minor is that he's never been a particularly consistent pitcher. He always felt like the tools were there. He just was never able to put it all together. I have doubts he'll be able to do that at the major league level, but we'll see. One guy who couldn't even get an out yesterday and whose ERA is up to 12.66, Buck Farmer. Now, I have stated on multiple occasions that if there's one guy in the bullpen I'm willing to, to give a little leeway to because of how, I mean, he hasn't been great, but how solid, good enough, he's been over the last several years, it would be Buck Farmer. I wanted to give him a month or so to see if he could figure it out. I know he was working on a lot of things in spring training. I didn't hold uh, his lack of uh, performance, his lack of execution in spring training against him. I know this guy's a veteran pitcher, but uh, he looks toast. 
And it's not. it doesn't look to me like the stuff is worse. The fastball doesn't seem down in velocity. I think that his changeup has been his put-away pitch, and he seems to have lost it. And maybe in his time trying to develop that slider a little bit more, he lost the feel for his changeup. But nothing's playing right now. The fastball's not working. The, the changeup's not working. The slider isn't working. That's where you run into a problem, and it's the problem that this team is going to have going forward is you don't have anybody else. Like, in an ideal world, Buck Farmer would have probably been DFA'd. Uh, uh, Willie Castro probably would have been sent down. Jonathan Scope might have been sent down. But you don't have anybody in the minors right now who's a better option at this point. So Buck Farmer, despite the fact that his ERA is approaching 13, is probably going to be here to stay. I mean, uh, who else down in the, in the taxi squad is going to be better? Not Joe Jimenez. I can't think of anybody in the minors who's who's a better option than Buck Farmer, and that's sad because Buck is a gas can at this point. Disappointing. When I come back, we're going to talk uh, about the rest of this really bizarre, wild game that went down in Boston yesterday. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Back for segment number two, and there is some some minor league news I do want to talk about. The minor league season has has started now, and we've seen uh, Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green and Dylan Dingler in action. I'm going to talk about them just a little bit, but one thing that uh, went down yesterday at, at uh, Fenway that was truly ugly was how pitiful the defense was. I mean, it, it's what cost them that game. It's it's not the offense. Can't put can't put it on the offense to score nine runs. The team collectively made four errors. I mean, Boston made two. They tried to give Detroit the game on several occasions, but Tigers made four errors yesterday, including some really costly ones there in the eighth inning that ended up uh, losing them the game. I've said it a million times. You want to build this thing around starting pitching, sure, but you gotta get, you gotta put them in a good environment. I mean, you look at what Houston did, and I know the trash can stuff. I I get it. People uh, discredit that championship, and they should. But look at the defense that was behind Verlander and Cole those two seasons. You had Bregman and Altuve and Correa, Brantley, Marisnik was a good defender. Springer's a good defender. Maldonado, Chirinos, you know, good defensive players. And guess what? They had the best ERA in baseball. Like, yeah, Cole and Verlander are amazing pitchers, but those guys got put in good situations. Now, there's not a Cole or a Verlander on this team unless Casey Mize really is that good, and I have my doubts about that as well as he pitched the other night. The defense is pitiful. Who on this defense? Let's go down the list. Let's just look at yesterday's lineup. Who on that defense can you say is a good defender? Like, not okay, not average, but established good defender. You can't say scope at first. He's not established there. Goodrum is a good defensive shortstop when he plays shortstop, but even he made a very costly error yesterday. Jacoby Jones isn't good defensively anymore. I don't know what happened there. Victor Reyes isn't good defensively. Akil Badu could be, but he's not established. Like I said, Wilson Ramos and Grayson Griner are both terrible defensive catchers. So who is there? I mean, you're putting these pitchers out on an island with no defense to help them. Now, of course, in that eighth inning, uh, Gregory Soto didn't help himself out at all. It was a ground ball that was hit 
uh, basically to the pitcher, but Jamer charged, and it was Jamer's ball. He should have made the play, and you saw Jamer was angry about it, and he should have been. Look, John Boy did an entire video two years ago called Gregory Soto Can't Field His Position that is just a compilation of Gregory Soto making errors, and Jamer had the right idea. He should have charged that ball, scooped it, thrown it to first, probably would have gotten the out, and we would have gone into the ninth inning in a tie game. Now, they ended up giving Jamer an error on that, which is, I, I think, unfair to him. I get why they did it, because I think he was the only one uh, who touched it, but Soto got in his way, and, and it was a defensive miscue and a lack of communication on his part, and uh, it ended up costing the Tigers game yesterday. Really ugly, ugly game in, in Fenway. You know, I, I know there's a lot of people who like uh, big offense and like a lot of runs. I'm a pitching guy. I like good, clean games, and uh, that was not one of them by any means, not to mention it was almost five hours. I mean, this was a marathon game between two teams with absolutely no pitching. This bullpen is completely shot. Like, if there's one unit that I really am disappointed in so far this season, it is the bullpen. I discussed this a little bit yesterday. I mean, we're talking about two consecutive games in which they've basically run out of pitchers. Like, Alex Lang was pitching in a high-leverage situation. AJ didn't want that. Now, he won't admit to it, but AJ didn't want Alex Lang pitching in a high-leverage situation. The guy's got an ERA of 11, but they, they were out of pitchers. They couldn't use Farmer. They already used him. They couldn't use Garcia. They, they, I don't think they wanted to use Soto. I think the intent was only have him in there to get one out, but then even his pitch count went up following uh, the error that Jamer, well, they, that they collectively made at third base. It is so crazy to me that a team that has gotten relatively stable starting pitching has a bullpen that is this bad, has a bullpen that is so lacking in depth and consistency that they're running out of pitchers in games where guys are going six innings. I mean, Mize was great several nights ago, and they still almost ran out of pitchers. So a bizarre game in Fenway. I do want to give some minor league updates. Like I said, the minor league season has started. I want to talk about Torkelson for a second because Spencer Torkelson is off to a rough start down in high A ball. He is one for 10 with eight strikeouts in his first 10 at-bats. Does have a single, all right, so that's something good. Now, like, there's a whole divide, right, amongst the fans as far as Spencer Torkelson right now. People are wondering, uh, are we worried about him? He was terrible in spring, and he was. Now, I have been adamant that I took nothing out of what happened in spring. He seemed to be a little bit behind, and that's fine. I felt like he was going to go down to the minor leagues, he was going to get the bat going, and he was going to be solid. So what is the timetable? At what point, though, do we get concerned about Torque? At what point do we say, okay, should we adjust our expectations? At what point do we say, maybe he's in trouble, maybe he's not healthy? I'm willing to give him a month here at the minor league level, because that's a month of spring training, essentially, and then a month in the minor leagues for a guy who pretty soon will be a year removed from being taken number one overall in the draft, uh, a year removed from all the hype, people saying he's one of the best bats to come out of college in a long, long time, or come into the draft in a long, long time. And he's striking out a lot, which is not something he did in college. You know, it's a different, uh, you know, it's it's a different level of play. He, he's still adjusting to it. I do think he'll be good, but I, I'm starting to understand some of those whispers because he's swinging and missing at a lot of pitches. He's behind on a lot of pitches. Now, I do think, and I, when I had Scott Bentley on, we talked about this, I don't think he's swinging at that many pitches out of the zone, which makes me think that his vision is fine. He's just behind, and maybe the the new level that he's playing at is just one that requires an adjustment. I hope it does. I'm not concerned yet, but we're at a point where it's worthy of a, hmm, hmm. 
Riley Green hit a grand slam the other night uh, in Erie for the Seawolves. He's playing in double A to start the season. Yeah, I mean, I think this guy's going to be special. I really do. I'm, I'm higher on Riley Green than I am on anybody else in, these, in this organization, higher on him than I am on Torque or any of the pitchers. I think he's got all the tools. I, I love his athleticism, but this guy seems just laser focused on getting to the major league level and helping this team win some games real, real soon. And I think that's awesome. I, I love his mental makeup, and uh, I, I think he's got a beautiful swing as well. I think this kid's going to be really good. Like, if there's one guy in the organization, offensively at least, I'm still a little bit concerned about his defense. Though, like I said, I think the athleticism is there, and if the skills are there, you can develop as a defender. But offensively, it, he is the one guy that I'm not worried about. And I would, I think the Tigers would even admit to that as well at this point. I think he's kind of ahead of the game in regards to where they believed he would be at this point in his development. I still don't think we're going to see him this year, but I think we'll see him early next year, and that'll be, what, three years essentially removed from when he was drafted. That's about right for, for a high school prospect to be going up and pitching, to be up at the major league level. I think he looks solid. A guy who's off to a really hot start is Dylan Dingler. Dylan Dingler was the Tigers' uh, second-round pick in last year's draft out of Ohio State. A lot of people like that pick. I like that pick. There were several people who were surprised that he fell to them in the second round. Potential catcher of the future? I mean, you hope so. They've had four catchers of the future over the last decade, of, and none of them have, have turned out to amount to much. Uh, but he has, he has the most upside of any of those guys, except for maybe McCann. McCann had a fair amount of upside and then eventually reached it once he went to Chicago and now he's in New York uh, catching games for the Mets. Lastly, Matt Manning made his debut. He was the opening day starter uh, in AAA the other night and he struggled a bit. Five innings, five earned runs. Stuff is there. Consistency is not the development of his off-speed stuff. Still needs work. Here's what I believe, because Matt Manning has been in this organization for almost five years. That is a long time for a highly touted prospect to be down in the minor leagues. It just is. I think the Tigers believe that Matt Manning's ceiling is higher than anybody else's in the organization, and they're probably right on about that. I, I actually agree with that. You you look at his, his athleticism, you look at his makeup, his build, his stuff, his fastball. Like I, There is absolutely a Cy Young caliber pitcher in there somewhere. And I don't think they want to call him up until they believe that a Cy Young caliber pitcher is ready to put on a Tigers uniform. I think they want to let him marinate down in the minor leagues a little bit longer. Now, it's only one outing, but at what point do you hurt his confidence by keeping him down? I've said that before. I remember feeling that way about Daniel Norris when the Tigers were keeping him down in the minor leagues in 2016. I think even parts of 2017 as well, and I was just like, Okay, what are you getting out of this? Like, we saw him pitch last year. We know he's a major league pitcher. I know he struggled in spring, but you keep him down, eventually you're just going to hurt his confidence. And uh, I, there were other reasons why Daniel Norris never developed a, as a solid major league starter, but I, I feel like the Tigers' insistence on keeping him down in Toledo was one of those reasons. I don't think that's going to happen with Matt Manning. He still needs to develop his off-speed stuff a little bit better, but it's been like pulling teeth with him. I know he was a project from the very beginning, but at the same time, five years in the organization, that's 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 a long time uh, without getting the call up uh, to the major league level. I know we're going to see him here at some point soon. What he does really down in the minor leagues, I don't really know if it matters that much at this point. Unless he gets completely bombed, the second somebody gets traded or, or somebody gets released or cut or whatever happens in the second half of the season, Matt Manning's going to be the first guy to be called up no matter what. I would be stunned if he isn't. We're past the whole service time manipulation stuff, so... He'll get an opportunity uh, at, at some point soon. I would like to see him develop his off-speed stuff uh, other than his curveball 
a little bit more. The curveball's fine. I, I just It's the slider and the changeup that I worry about. When he throws it for strikes, they're good. When I get back, we're going to preview the first game of this series against the Twins. Tigers back home at Comerica against the Twinkies tonight. We'll be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Tigers start a series against the very disappointing so far Minnesota Twins. The Twins come in here at 11-19. and 19. That is stunning for a team that won the division the last two years. Now, of course, that doesn't mean much for Detroit because Detroit is 9-23. and 23. And on the mound for, let's go with the Twinkies first, is Matt Shoemaker. He's 1-3 with a 7-8-3 ERA. His only win came against the Tigers this season. This, of course coming from MLB.com. Shoemaker said that he's always gotten off to slow starts in his career, but his last outing against the Royals was particularly rough as he set a career high with nine runs allowed. Yeesh. He threw six strong innings against Detroit in his 2021 debut. That he did. I thought he looked good, and I actually liked that signing for the Twins. He, injuries have derailed his career. He had such a great season in his rookie campaign for the Angels and then fell off uh, with injuries. He was with the Blue Jays for a couple of years, and now he's with the Twins. I mean, the numbers aren't good. Uh, the offense is swinging the bats pretty well right now. Ideally, you'd like to see them get off to a hot start and maybe get out to an early lead, and they're going to need to score some runs tonight because on the mound for the Tigers, is Tarek Skubal. He comes in with very ugly numbers, an 0-4 record and a 6-1-4 ERA. The righty-heavy Yankees hit Skubal hard on Friday when he allowed three home runs and needed 77 pitches to get through his three innings. Skubal called it a learning lesson, but the home runs continue to be a concern. Yeah, the home runs, the stuff, uh, the inability to miss bats, he's been quite bad. He's been quite poor, and I'm not I want to see what he does tonight because his two good outings last year, two of his three good outings last year, came against the Twins. He got his first major league win against the Twins last year where he went five innings and gave up two earned runs. And then he had a really great outing where he went six innings and only gave up one run. That was his best outing of his career so far. But what I want to see tonight more than anything is I just want to see the stuff look better. Like, that's where I get concerned. Because if, if he's not missing bats and the command isn't good, all right, that, that's disappointing, but you can work on that. Said that a million times. The fastball does not look explosive right now. The off-speed stuff does not have the kind of bite to it uh, that we know it's capable of having. And, and the, the decrease in spin rate is obviously probably the reason for that. I want to see the stuff just look better. If he goes out there and gives up five runs over three innings, fine. I mean, disappointing, obviously, but I want to see the stuff play. It's got, because right now, and I said this in my last post game, right now he doesn't look like a major league pitcher. Like Mize, even at his worst, stuff is, is great. Mize looks like a major league pitcher. Scooball, despite how good he looked in spring and how solid he was, I felt like in the tail end of last season, uh, doesn't look like a confident pitcher right now. And that is a cause for concern. Hopefully he'll be able to turn it around tonight. 7-10 game in Comerica. That will do it for today's show, and that will do it for this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a written, positive five-star review of this program. Real quick, I do want to say there has been an issue 
with Apple Podcasts in regards to updating uh, these episodes. Uh, some of them are not available on iTunes right now. They're available on Sp- on Spotify. They're available in, on SoundCloud, all the other places where you can get your podcast. But a- I- Apple Podcasts is not updating right now. Uh, that is not an issue that I can control. The, the people, the higher-ups are trying to fix that. I apologize for that inconvenience. But you're still welcome to leave a, a five-star review. I'd appreciate that. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and sticking with me uh, as the Tigers continue to, to stumble their way through this season. We'll be back here on Monday recapping the games that were over the weekend. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend, and go Tigers.